0: Premier League on OTB.
1: Young Min Goodies, Harry Kane! What got young
0: Min Exclusive Premier League live commentaries every Sunday. The very best expert analysis on your phone and for free. Download the OTB sports app now. Back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John's looking with you through until 5. You can text us on 53106. We're streaming the conversation as well. Listen on News Talk. Watch us on the digital and social channels for Off the Ball. For Periscope on Twitter, at Off the Ball, YouTube, and on Facebook. We're also streaming on the OTB Sports app. The Paralympics is in full flow. We've got the third of four feature interviews with some of Team Ireland's athletes up on our YouTube and Facebook channels as Ellen Keane sits down with Jason Smith to chat through her career and his career. The four interviews are all with thanks to Toyota Ireland, hashtag start your impossible. You can find out more at toyota.ie forward slash Paralympics Now, our panel dedicated to the Paralympics this week, Ellen Keane, we were speaking about there, was 13 years of age when she she swam in her first Paralympics in Beijing. This week, she won her first gold medal. 13 years later, Ellen, one of 29 Team Ireland athletes who've represented their country at the Games uh, this summer, we're hopeful of adding more medals by the end of the week. We've got uh, Katie George and Levy and Eve McChrystal winning silver earlier today. To talk more about the Games, the Paralympic movement, wider issues as well around disability, uh, we're joined by the former President of Paralympics Ireland and four-time Paralympian John Fulham and the silver and bronze medal winning Paralympian in the discus from Rio and London Orla Barry John and Orla you're very welcome
3: thanks, a thanks very Good much to be
0: here. great to see you and um to hear you and we're going to be joined as well by the off the bench presenter and journalist clina foley she is in tokyo and she'll keep us up to date as well with what's going on out there just after two uh john you're from limerick Orla, you're from cork uh so commiserations Orla, after last weekend of the hurling and uh john congratulations do you have the bragging rights
3: uh <laughs> today I, I we probably do yeah it was it was a good game but when the game was on i was down down in cork down in west cork uh so I was, I was keeping a low profile, to be honest with you. I was surrounded by them, and I, I could have been thrown out of the place if I got too big for my boots. Orla, you're
0: going to be back. You'll be back next year.
2: Yeah, look, they were just a better team on the day.
3: Yeah,
0: that, that just pretty much sums it up, doesn't it, Orla? Great week so <laughs> yeah. far for uh, Team Ireland. We had Ellen Keane winning the gold year the today. And, John, a brilliant performance by uh, Katie George Dunlevy and Eve McChrysalis. It's not normally that they'd be in the velodrome, but they won a silver today.
3: Yeah, I suppose today was was one of the the events that it was was a bit of a surprise for them. Um, I suppose they would have been targeting the road. And look, let's let's put what they did this morning in context. They set a world record in in the semi-final. For then Britain to come along and then break that world record, and then for the two of them to spar off in the final It was just incredible. Um, it's it's so from from that point of view. Their achievement it, it just shows where they're, they're at right now, right now and it kind of it bodes well for the road race as well i think there's more to come from them yeah absolutely and a silver medal a great start to the week uh, just tell us about your own
0: journey john living with disability becoming a paralympian uh, i think it was back in barcelona it was your first games and then you became the president of paralympics ireland
3: yeah it's, god, where, where do you start where, at the beginning and <laughs> um, like barcelona is god it's what 29 years ago now so yeah, that was my first games. I got involved in disability sport probably at the age of fourteen or fifteen. Where before that, I didn't didn't even know I could do sport, um, and I got involved through a local club at the Irish Wheelchair Association at the time. Um, and I tried loads of different sports. Discovered that I was no good at discus. I would be devastated to hear. Um, but that, but I was actually I had some. I enjoyed the racing and the going going at speed and stuff. So from there, I tried many sports and then later on towards 89, 90 specialized and, and moved into more of a kind of a high performance uh, focus and then got, got my, my first cap in, 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 Paralympic cap in 1992 and went on to, to get four games out of it. And then after, after I retired in 2004, I turned to the dark side and I became an official. <laughs> um, and then I, So this is my, my first time not being at the Paralympic Games now since 1992 I've always been there as an athlete or in some form or another um and so it's it, it's, it's a bit strange to 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 be watching them but it's 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 great to see them as well so it's look, that's that's a very abbreviated uh, kind of uh, review of, of of such a long period of time but that that's really where I came from and where I ended up
0: and it was racing was, you were doing John was it sprinting yeah, yeah. to
3: 100 and 200 meters uh, was was what I loved to do. I, I would do some other races as as part of the the training work, but yeah, sprinting was was my forte. And I
0: believe you played on the Irish basketball wheelchair team for a long period of time. I did.
3: Well, when I when I gave up in two thousand and four, as I said, I had started trying all sports before I specialised in the track racing. So when I retired in two thousand and four, I moved away from racing because I knew I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to do it just for a social purpose. I would always be competitive at it, and so I moved to basketball, but look Look what happened there i i got stuck into the basketball team and because i had a background in basketball i was able to pick up fairly fairly quickly and i suppose i was able to take some of that high performance context into what i did with, with in my own job on the team and then got to, to be part of the the basketball team that the Irish was team for european championships in 2007 2009 i think yeah worth through the years
0: orla you picked up a discus i believe at the age of nine so you start at that age and then you're in Beijing as an eighteen year old you then you win medals in in London and Rio. Describe yeah. your journey living with disability and and then becoming a paralympian
2: yeah, so um I'm a double above knee amputee, so like all children, I suppose I was encouraged to take part in sport um and you know I suppose my parents were kind of wondering. What is out there and what is available for her? Um, and again, like John, it was the IWA that um, I got involved in, and I, I was I tried swimming, I tried athletics, I did a bit of track field, um, and it was very clear from the beginning that the discus was going to be my main event, and it was going to be what I was best at. So. Um, I just focused on that for for a number of years and I started at the very bottom and I I climbed my way all the way up up the ladder. I went from, um, you know, going from junior events to senior events and um, competed at um, some Europeans World Championships and then, as you say, I made Beijing in 2008 as an 18-year-old. I came fifth. And then I came third in London and second in Rio. Um, and again, like John, I'm, I'm now watching them at home thinking, oh, wow, I was, you know, I was at the last couple of Paralympics and now I'm, I'm here watching them at home. I, I wish I was out there. Um, but look, that's, um, you know, that's retirement, isn't it, from sport? And um, I'm enjoying watching them at home. And like I can see that they are very, very competitive, um, but, but great to see.
0: What was the training regimen like then Orle A lot of upper body strength to develop.
2: Yeah, so um, for the discus, I I threw from a seated position because I wouldn't have the balance to throw standing up. So um, I competed against um, all other athletes who were, were sitting down also. So we would all have lower limb abnormalities. Um, and... I had to uh, focus on my, my core, a really strong core, um, a really fast throw, so to speed, power, um, that they were the, the main things that I worked on. Um, and it was all just upper, upper body strength um, and obviously very technical event as well, because you know your, your technique is, is so, so important. It's no good being strong and powerful and fast if you don't have the technique to match as well. So um, it's just a combination of all, all those things.
0: How have attitudes changed towards Paralympians now, Orla? Are they being recognised more as elite athletes as they should be?
2: Yeah, I definitely think that um, it has changed over the years and changed for the better. Um, I know, you know, when I went to Beijing, I I would have got a few comments about, um, you know, you're off to the Special Olympics and you're, you know, you're trying to correct people. No, actually it's the Paralympics I'm going to. Um, But then I think when London happened in 2012, it was so close to home and it was so um, accessible for people to be able to watch because obviously there is no time difference um and i think people just got so interested in our stories and how like you know everyone is at the paralympics um because they have a disability and there's a story behind that disability. And I think people really like to hear those stories. Um, and they see athletes competing now at such a high level and um, at such competitive events. I mean, anyone watching Ellen's event there the other day, they would see how close she was between gold and silver um, and how exciting it can be. Um, so I definitely think that attitudes are changing and, and people see Paralympic athletes now for the elite athletes that they are.
0: And people have changed in the way they speak as well. It's not... Uh, people almost saying the wrong thing, Orla. Uh, meaning well, but saying the wrong thing at times.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I've often heard the phrase, like, um, oh, sure, aren't you great, you know? Um, and I'm wondering, like, are you telling me that because I'm a three-time Paralympian that has multiple medals from major championships? Or are you telling me that because... I have a disability and I got up this morning and I'm getting on with life, you know, and I hope that it's for the the, the first reason, you know, I hope it's it's for the the getting to the Paralympics and, and winning the medals. But I do think that that is improving, you know, um, and I don't think people um, see disabilities and, and disabled people as being so different now, whereas now, you know, um, you want to be treated the same as everybody else and and to have no
3: difference,
0: you know. John, over the 29 years since Barcelona, have you seen a change in attitudes and a, a progression of the movement, as Orla's is saying there?
3: Absolutely. The, in terms of, of, firstly, the progression of the movement, the Paralympic Games just continues to get bigger and better. Um, the standard of competition just continues to grow and what it takes to compete at that level, it, you know, becomes harder and harder. Um, so that that's great great way to see that now that brings its own challenges for the Paralympic movement, but it's great that that it's it's building momentum in that way. And then I suppose have I seen changes in attitudes? Yes, I have seen changes in attitudes. Or Orla articulated it very well. But but you know, it, I, we still amongst I, I, my friends we joke about it. The inspiration porn um, that people you know still I have still come across those comments that that the attitudes are that that people you know. Still think you're great for for just doing what everybody does, Um so we've still got a bit of work to do in 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 the broader context of 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 changing that. And look, what Paralympic uh, sport does in that context is it celebrates disability, but it also celebrates ability. So it breaks down the stigma, it breaks down the the perceptions, and we start to have the conversation, and people begin to realise. That that maybe their attitudes are old and and that they they need to change. So yeah, definite progress being made, and the movement is getting really successful and really big, um, and and that's what we want. Compared to what 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 I saw first time twenty nine years ago, it, it's it's a completely different landscape. You speak about the inspiration piece there, uh, John. Was that in any degree patronising? Oh, it is patronising, and oftentimes people don't intend it to be patronising, but 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 they do. Like I oftentimes would be would be across people who with well-intentioned say things to me like you know I don't see you I see your wheelchair I'm oh, sorry I don't see your wheelchair I see you and while well that's very well intended what it's inferring in there is there there's some stigma or there's some negativity uh, associated with the wheelchair or the disability and that's the type of thing we need to break down um, and that's what 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 the Paris sport does in so many positive ways it celebrates the disability it's in there it's it's part of who we are it doesn't define us but it's nothing, to, nothing to, to, to be hidden away, nothing to be considered negative. But then it celebrates the ability and then it celebrates what people can do. And it, it showcases that. So, so from that point of view, then you can, you can change that mindset. And that's the part that Paralympics Ireland and the Paralympics sport can play in the overall context of, of, of the changing the attitudes of disability.
0: Yes, it's like 15% of the world's population lives with a disability, John, 1.2 billion people.
3: Mm, absolutely. And then you'll see that the, the IPC before the Games, the International Paralympic Committee just announced that they were they were you know, joining that we are 15, which is an alliance of disability organizations around the world, which is which has a long term strategy to address the, the, the rights and the attitudes uh, towards people with disabilities. Because let's face it, Paralympic sports showcases what the best that it can be. But it, uh, for, for many people living life every day today, there still are issues. and. And challenges that, that they have that they have to face. So IPC, as part of that movement, recognises that they, you know, there's work to be done, and that they play a part in it. Um, so from from that point of view, um, I, I think it's a very positive movement to, for them to be part of, just celebrating sport as, as part of the overall picture.
0: Yeah, I was really struck by Phil Eaglesham. He's a shooter who's representing Team Ireland. Uh, he was in Afghanistan and in and an illness, and he's a uh, now designing a new wheelchair to make his life easier. And this is a quote from an interview with John O'Sullivan and the Irish Times. A lot of the time we sit and wait for the world to adapt to us. We're one of the most discriminated against groups of people in the world as disabled people. You go out the front door and there'll be a curbstone or a step and someone is parked there and you can't get up. it. people don't see it unless you're in that world. We try to design something that adapts to the world rather than waiting for the world to adapt to us. I know what it's like not to have that chair We're trying to take the things that we've learned or my friends have learned and encompass that. It's all about ability, not disability, trying to enable and not disable. Thought it was very powerful words from Phil there, Orla.
2: Yeah, very, very powerful. Um, And he's right, you know, as you're reading every sentence of that, you know, I'm very much agreeing with what he's saying. Um, And I suppose, like, going back to the, the campaign that IPC have started, like, you know, we just want to show that we do um, our everyday lives the same as everybody else's everyday lives, you know? Um, like you can see from the ads that that, that they've created, like you, you get up in the morning, you you get dressed, you have your, your dinner, you go to work, you, you drive a car, you know, everything is the same. Um, we just happen to have a disability as well. And I suppose um, as disabled people, you know, we adapt to the world around us. And as Phil rightly said, rather than the world adapting
0: to us. Yeah, Ellen Keane was speaking after her medal uh, ceremony. She was in an interview yesterday. I was sitting on there, John, and uh, uh, she's been, you know, regularly hosting shows here and off the ball. And she yeah. she said she's just an athlete that happens to have a disability. He wants to see more people in mainstream media who have a disability. We're all human beings. We're all the same. She's a great role model. As is Jason Smith.
3: Absolutely, and it's about celebrating difference. Like you're, John, you're different from me. I'm different from Orla and that's really what it's about so it's not it's not to to focus uh, on the difference but just to embrace it and that's what true inclusion is about it's it's just, every single every single person has something to add to the equation and why not like what i would love to see in 4 years time is one of the paralympic athletes sitting on the olympic coverage um and offering our perspective on what on what the, our, our counterparts are doing in the olympic games because that's what happens with the, that's what's happening right now with the paralympic coverage for for Natalia Coyle and David Gillick doing the commentary, so I'd love to see that in reverse because then that that's true equality and it, it it's 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 recognizing the difference of a point of view, but that everybody has that bit to offer.
0: And you've had issues in the Olympics like uh, doping, and you had the same in the Paralympics, Orla. You had a competitor who was uh, caught doping.
2: Yes, I did. Yeah. So uh, back in 2015 at the World Championships, I won a bronze medal. And that athlete that you talked about there, she won a silver medal. And a number of months later, my bronze was upgraded to her silver. But I had competed against her for a number of years. And you would question, well, what else does she owe me? You know, they didn't go back on um, previous events. You know, it was just that one event that I was upgraded. And... There were times maybe where I would have came fourth in the competition and she would have been on the podium, and you would wonder, well, you know, was she doing everything above board at the time? Did I deserve to be on the podium that time instead of her? Um, but you can't dwell on that either because I will never know, no one will ever know, um, and you have to trust in the system and you have to trust that um, anyone who's involved in doping will be caught, and she was caught. Um, and that's all you can do and of course yourself to be you know a clean
0: athlete yourself so we we we've challenges in the olympics and the paralympics what about the support john uh, the funding structure it, it, how is the paralympic movement supported by the state and by say sport ireland and all these organizations is it well supported
3: it it, it is it is supported i suppose like orla uh, the, the sport ireland firstly their carding system it treats athletes with an equal equal yeah way so Arle would, as a medalist, would have been treated the same ways as our Olympic counterparts as medalists. So that that structure is there, and then there, there there's funding that goes to the um, to Paralympics Ireland and it goes to the uh, Olympic Federation as well. But I suppose I think after Tokyo, and and I'm low to dwell on on the issues like this now during their performance because we don't want to distract from the athletes' performances over there. But afterwards. I do think that whole piece about how disability sport is funded needs to be looked at. Because I don't think that we continue, continue to do the same things and expect different results. It's getting more competitive. It's getting more costly. And therefore, we're, we're going to have to review that. And we're, we're, we're also going to have to look at a real focus. One of my, my, I suppose, concerns is that the Irish system tends to reward success. And I think we've got to now look at how we invest in, in development. So, you know, just because an athlete makes a final doesn't doesn't meddle. You've still got to invest significantly in them. Colin Judge, for example, who who went out in the quarterfinals, he didn't medal, but Colin is a real prospect for twenty twenty four. So I believe we have to really look at that system and, and see how we can best support athletes with a disability. And I think, you know, discussions can be can be held with Sport Ireland as to how that's done. But on a principal level, that's that's the key the key area that I think we need to focus on right now.
0: Uh, Just briefly, Orla, were you happy with uh, the support you received when you were involved in the heat of Rio and uh, London and these games?
2: Yeah, like as John said, like I would have got equal funding, you know, to my Olympic counterparts and like I can't complain um, about the the support that I received from um, both Paralympics Ireland and Sport Ireland. It was absolutely amazing. But I, I do agree in what John is saying there about development. And I do think that we have to go back to the grassroots too, you know, like if we look at the Paralympic Athletics team that's gone out, it's the first time we don't have a seated Paralympic trower um, and that is obviously something that's really close to my heart because um, that that was my event and I always had Paralympic trowers, um, seated trowers to look up to to get advice from um, but they're they're not there now they're not on the Paralympic panel and it would be fantastic for the kids that are coming up now you know to have someone to look up to to say um, you know I want to get to a Paralympics um, I want to be the next Orle of whatever but like there, there's nobody on the panel now for them to look up to. Um, so, you know, there, there are elements um, of the development that need to be better.
3: Okay. And I would I want to throw you- in, well, John, that, you know, there, there are good building blocks there. That, like the, the Institute of Sport is a fabulous development. There are great facilities there and they're being built upon. But it's it's really, and while the athletes individually might get it, that, that support, I think maybe one of the areas we can look at it, is their parity of funding in relation to the NGBs, the national governing bodies, and what they get to to support disability sport within their programs. So when we look at the high-performance funding, Paralympics Ireland gets money, the Olympic Federation gets money, but all and support, but the NGBs also get high-performance support, which wouldn't be included in the budgets of the Paralympics Ireland are the Olympic Federation. So is there parity of esteem within that funding or is there an adequate ratio? That's an area we can look at. Okay. Uh, but there are good building blocks there and Sport Ireland have put in place some really good things as well. So, so, you know, there's a lot to build on.
0: OK, thanks so much for the moment, John Fulham and Orla Barry. Back with more on the Paralympics after the news on the Saturday panel. We're also going to be joined by Kleena Foley, who's in Tokyo. Just to let you know as well from the Premier League, Manchester City leading Arsenal by four goals to nil. We're back after the news. You can text us with any questions to Orla and John on 53106. The Saturday panel on Off The Ball. And you welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. Just to let you know in the minor final, the All Ireland Minor Football Final, it is Meath one ten, Tyrone one eight. They're into the second half, forty three minutes on the watch. So Meath now ahead in the minor final. The senior semi final throws in between Kerry and Tyrone at three thirty. Mike Quirk will be there for us to build up uh, from about half past two. Also in the Premier League, Manchester City four. Arsenal nil is the latest score they're well into the second half we've had goals from Ilgai Hundawan Ferran Torres, Gabriel Jesus and Rodri, uh, Granit Xhaka was sent off for Arsenal in the first half they're en route now uh, for a third uh, straight defeat in a row in the Premier League in the Championship it is Cardiff City 1 Bristol City 2 and Derby lead Nottingham Forest by one goal to nil so the pressure is on Mikel Arteta and the pressure is very much as well on Chris Hughton at Nottingham Forest it is now time for our Paralympics update
2: The Paralympics report on Off the Ball
1: with Toyota Ireland. Start your impossible.
0: And Team Ireland has won its second medal of the 2021 Games in Tokyo. Katie George Dunleavy and Eve McChrystal have claimed silver in the B3000m individual pursuit. They were pipped for the gold medal by Great Britain's Laura Fasci and Corrine Hall. Dunleavy and McChrystal broke the world record in their qualifier by posting a time of 3 minutes 19.946 seconds before Fasci and Hall broke it again. And also the velodrome today, Martin Gordon and Eamon Byrne finished fifth in the B1000m time trial. Nicole Turner was seventh in the SB6 100m breaststroke final. She'll now get ready for the 50 meters butterfly, her favourite discipline. And Ellen Keane has been reflecting on her gold medal achievement. 13 years after her first appearance at a Paralympics in Beijing in 2008, Keane reached the summit in the pool in the SB8 100m breaststroke on Thursday. And the Dublin native is hoping to inspire the Paralympians of the future.
2: A lot of people aren't able to, to do what they love. A lot of young athletes, age group athletes, are out of their sport. They haven't been able to train. They haven't been able to see their friends. They mightn't even want to go back to sport once all these activities start back up. But we're here to show them what is possible. And we're here to show them, like, it is worth it to stick with your sport. Come back. You are capable of doing this. And I think that's kind of what all of us want to, want to inspire the, the younger generation to get back into sport.
0: Now, a reminder, you're listening to our Paralympics report on Off The Ball coming your way every weekday morning on o 2 AM and every evening during the week on Off The Ball. All with thanks to Toyota Ireland. Hashtag start your impossible. And also in the T13 1500 metres today, uh, Greta Street finished fifth in a time of four minutes. 34.82 seconds. She was beaten for a medal late on.
2: The Paralympics report on Off The Ball. With
1: Toyota Ireland. Start your impossible.
0: Now we're chatting to former Paralympians John Fulham and Orla Barry here on the Saturday panel. You were streaming the conversation as well, so you can listen to us on News Talk, but also watch us on digital and social channels for Periscope on Twitter and Off The Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. You can text us any questions for our panel 53106. We're also delighted to be joined on the line from Tokyo by the presenter of Off The Bench and journalist Clina Foley, who is at the Paralympics. Uh, Clina, I suppose we should say good evening. Hi, John.
1: How are you? Good evening, everybody.
0: Uh, good to see you, Kleena. And we've got a second medal of the Games. Were you there to see uh, Kelly George and Levy and Eve McChrystal? There's so many disciplines and so many things going on. Um, Kleena, it's hard to get around Tokyo, I'd say, but a great achievement for them to win silver.
1: Fantastic, yeah. They're about um, they're about a two to three hour journey away, so um, I, it's impossible to get to everything. And I was in the track today for Greta, uh, so the fifteen hundred. so unfortunately I didn't get to see it. But I'm not surprised, John. Um, I interviewed them about a month ago, and at the time, they said that they thought that if, if Ireland had a, a velodrome, they reckoned they could be the best in the world on the track. It's the first time they've medalled on the track, but they really do think that they have huge potential on the track. And, of course, their last two medals in Rio were won on the road, and they have to come yet on the road races. So we're really looking forward to seeing what they can do next.
0: Yeah, John, we were speaking about uh, official dumb uh, before 2 o'clock. A velodrome would be handy, wouldn't it, in this country?
3: Uh, absolutely. I, th- I think that's uh, that goes without saying. Um, and you know, I know whether there are plans there. It it just needs to happen. We need to see, it and we need to see it coming soon. But you know, just let's let's focus on the girls' performance. Absolutely fantastic, and as Kleena says, road race to come.
0: Uh, Greta streamakita disappointing because she went well early on, Cleana, uh, but just in the last four hundred meters, it, it took its toll.
1: Yeah, really so because um, she had she has just really come on so much in the last year or two, Um she knocked nine seconds off her pee pee. Um, she's working with Phelan Kelly, the coach who has a lot of Olympians in his group, and really, you know, came in here in 4.29. She actually had the fastest PB. But the problem, I think, with this year for everybody in all sports is you don't know what form anybody has because it hasn't been competitions. And also she was, her race was really dictated by a brand new young 21-year-old Ethiopian who kind of burst the burst the field open very early in the second lap um so Greta was in the hunt for a bronze i'd say until about 200 to go she just felt tonight she just didn't have it and she didn't look you know but she didn't blame the heat or anything she just said you know um but i thought it was really interesting you know she's in a vision impaired uh category and it is interesting to me how you know how do you read a 1500 which is so tactical and at one stage actually she clipped the tunisian and tunisian nearly went down who was the winning champion um and you can actually you know if you look closely you can see how um you know a vision impairment can affect you in such a tactical race as the 1500 but Brett only turned 26 the actually the day of the opening ceremony so there's still a lot of years of running in her and she's really improved this year and Salem Kelly I know has uh, doubled her training um the amount of mileage she's doing and, and feels that that's going to make a huge difference during the future.
0: What's the experience been like for the Paralympians on the ground in Tokyo in the midst of the pandemic Lena?
1: It's funny, John, I I had to take my um. I've taken my mask off to talk to you. But actually, you have to wear a mask all the time here, indoors and outdoors. The the athletes have been very very philosophical about it, and um, really amazingly. So they haven't. There hasn't been a word of complaint from them, and they actually say that you know they kind of like that it's a very tight bubble, and you know the, the, I suppose the focus is on the athletes. Um, but you know they they only they can only come in four days before their event. They have to go out two days after straight away. There's none of the socialization or, you know, the mixing that you'd normally have in the Olympic situation. So it's very, very, very focused, um, I think, competitively. Um, uh, And for us, it's the same. You know, uh, we can't go out of our hotels except for the usual 15 minutes. And we haven't done that yet. Um, I haven't even chanced it. (laughs) But um, so it's very tight. Everything is closed down here at night uh, from half seven on. Nothing is open. Shops, restaurants, nothing. Um, And as I said, you have to wear a mask. Outdoors and indoors all the time, and uh, I imagine that's very difficult on athletes as well.
0: And as well, tough on the administrators because they have to keep the athletes motivated and, and upbeat.
1: Yeah, like it, 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 it. Well, I think one thing about this is like the Irish team is, is 29 strong and they're very tight. Um, and they're, they're, you know, a bit of success like Ellen had and like the the women's tangents had today will really, uh, I think, even bind them even tighter. So, but uh, I'm amazed. at Even better tonight, like it was, it was, well, it was, I think, 30 degrees on the track of 55% humidity. And she didn't, she said, no, nothing to do with the heat. It was just how I ran. And uh, they're not looking for excuses in any way, shape, or form. So, um, I think, you know, that's John Sean and Orla, well, Orla and John are both Paralympics and they'll tell you that, you know, you're here to do a job and really, you know, even if there isn't a crowd here, uh, you'll just go and do the job the same as you would do anyway. I think it's people like us who miss the crowd more nearly. I walked into the stadium and it's a beautiful stadium here. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I walked in today for the first time and I was actually a little bit sad and I thought, what a shame there isn't people here to watch this.
0: What have Japan been like as hosts, Cleaner.
1: Oh, amazing. You know, the Japanese, I, I've only been here once before for a track and field world championship and people are incredibly kind and incredibly generous and so keen to make you feel at home and do anything they can. And even just, you know, the places that we can go, we're just going literally from the hotels, to the media centers. Even the media census, there's loads of little that's being made and handed to you, and they're just—they're an incredibly generous um, and polite uh, nation, and uh, and and it's reflected in everything that we're seeing here. So I mean, they couldn't be more helpful, and the systems seem to be running brilliantly here. You know, things like transport and everything. But of course, they've had the Olympics already to be able to do that. But but you know, as an experience as a journalist, it's really been very very well done. Uh,
0: that's interesting. What Kleena says, Orla and John, because um there's obviously the primary concentration is on the performance and how you're doing in your sport but i'm sure Orla, you got to see china and brazil and london i'm sure there were great experiences of just seeing those environments generally as well for you
2: um yes now my event is normally at the very end of the Paralympics. So like my experience would be, you go to your familiarization camp, you know, with your coach and you you do your, your week or two of training and then you move into the village and you might have another kind of week or 10 days in the village um, where you're, you know you're still training um, and you're just kind of working on the little finer points um, before your event and because I was on at the end I'd compete and then maybe the following day or maybe a day or two later I'd be going home um, so you know you might not get to see very much of of the country that you're in um, but I just think it was interesting there um, what Kina said about the stadium being empty and about how you know The spectators miss it more than the athletes. And I definitely think that that's true. Now, I don't know about track, but I I know obviously from field, um, from my experience, I often don't hear the crowd and in London it was known for how loud the crowd was and any spectator that went over for me um, they would all have commented on how loud it was but I didn't hear it because you're so in the zone um, and in your own head and like you say you go out with have a job to do when you do it and it's only afterwards that you kind of soak it all in and realise I've done now you know like I'm here I did it the job the job is done you know
0: and John, when you were in four Paralympic Games, did you uh, get to see uh, more than the tracker? Or was it very much get the job done, as, as
3: Orla and Kina have been saying? Uh, yeah, well, your 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 job there is is to get the job done. Um, so it really, as Orla says, depends on the schedule. From my own perspective, yes, I got to see a little bit of the cities that I was in. Uh, but that would only have been where, where when the competition was finished. Uh, and the longer you're going, the... The, the I suppose the the better it is, so the less of the city you so you're not there to be a tourist. No, so that's not really a priority for you in any way. And if you get to see it well and good, it's something to do while you're waiting to to for the competition to finish. If you're not supporting other people, so you know you you, you might get to see it, but that's not really the focus of the trip. And it's interesting to listen to to clean and talk about the stadium there, um, because the one thing I would say is that that para competitions, some of the major championships that we would go to. There, we generally don't have crowds, so para athletes would be very used to not ra- racing or competing or throwing in front of, of of big crowds because that's just the nature of the beast. The Paralympics tends to be the one that it, that draws the biggest crowd attendance. So, and while the crowd is great and you might feed off it, depending on the way you go, or you might block it out, as Arla said. Ultimately, I think I think it'll be less of a distraction to para athletes because they don't get that as much.
0: Are there sports um, that are stronger than others in terms of our performance? Like we have boxing and rowing are very much strong Olympic sports. John, are there para sports that are stronger than others? Okay, well, the, the
3: where we've had our success in parasports in, in para sports is athletics, swimming, and cycling. Um, and we what we've seen is some other sports like canoeing. We've had rowing. We have um, you know powerlifting now. We have archery. We've table tennis. So we we've had less. Um, so medal success and those but it's also too important to understand the context of success What you define as success so if success is solely me- de- determined by medals um, Okay, swimming cycling and athletics But for me, I think that the, the definition of success is finalists is guys They're doing PB's all over the place and I'd be interested in Lena and Orla's Opinions on this but I'd, I'd be surprised if they they weren't similar to me. That's success as well. So, And I think, that, I think that's something that we need to recognize, that it's not all about the medals. And particularly when we're looking at investing, and Paris is only three years away. So when we're looking at what's coming down the line, there's a lot of success there for us to build on. We're doing things right. And not everything, you know, and we might need to adapt to do it better. Um, but So in terms of medal success, yes, swimming, cycling, athletics are, are the main deliverers of those. But we're seeing progress in all of the sports as well.
0: Or the definition all of, the of def- success?
2: Yeah, um, I 100% agree with John again. Like the amount of PBs that have come in over the last couple of days. There was one morning in particular where every athlete that was on pb And, yeah. like, you know, some people might ask you a question before you go out to a Paralympics, oh, how you fixed, you know, as in like how we you fixed our medal. But, like, to an athlete, they're going out. To do the best that they can do, and they want to beat their own personal best because, like, as a thrower, the, the further you throw, the better, you know. And your aim is to keep improving. As a as a runner, the aim is to keep running faster. So to get a PB is like the be all and end all, and it's the only thing that you can control because you can't control the medals. Like you can't control what everyone else is doing in your event. You can only control yourself. So if you get a personal best, then it puts you in the best position. To win a medal, but I always measured success on on personal bests.
0: And cleaner what have you seen from the athletes in the past week? In that question about success and about being there and about whether it's medal or not, what, what has your experience been yeah, up close and personal really, with the athletes?
1: It's really interesting, John. Um, One, I mean, both John and Orla have captured it, like the string of PBs, the pool, at one stage, I think there was 12 swims in the pool so far, maybe 14, but there's only three of them that haven't been PBs, and they they were in events that aren't people's main events. There's just been an extraordinary, so the swimmers had a brilliant camp, and it looks to me like the cyclists are in the same shape as well, and they've had a brilliant camp, and they seem to have come in really, really sharp, and, you know, I'm inclined to think, I don't know whether they agree, but I do think there's an element there of... The high performance system in Irish swimming and Irish cycling being very tightly involved with the para end of their sport and them being treated similarly and just feeling that they are equals in their sport um, in terms of everything that they're doing and there's just a level of expertise I think being applied in Irish in Irish para swimming um, and Irish para cycling that it equals to what's happening you know in swim Ireland and in cycling Ireland and they're very closely integrated and I think that that's They're bearing the fruits of that out here.
0: What have we got to look forward to over the next week? Jason Smith obviously is one person that comes to mind, but lots of other chances.
1: Yeah, loads of other chances. I mean, Jason's in tomorrow, and the—I the, mean, John Norley would say this as well. The standards that that keeps moving in Paralympic sports, like every other sport, um, and also I think this year as well, we're seeing the bounce from a five-year training—you know, having time to train. That's why I think people are doing so well out here because there's PBs everywhere, not just from the Irish. Um, mm. But we've got Jason tomorrow, but his his event again is moving on. There's a there's an American in it who used to be a, a high jump and a long jump specialist, and he's gone into his event. There's a 20-year-old Colombian here. Who could be dangerous as well and there's a nigerian in his heat so jason knows himself that he is being pushed to the pin of his colour to hold on to this extraordinary title and this extraordinary run that he's had um i think nicole turner obviously in her 50 meter butterfly one of our best filmers and, and her specialty is coming on sunday and um, the cycling the road cycling i think is really going to really kick off and i think we're going to see more medals there and um, Pat O'Leary in the canoeing, there's a new version of canoeing this year. Um, it's called VAN. It has an outrigger on it. And Pat is actually has, has, is doing that and his other event, but he's he actually the European champion this year. He won it. So I think Pat has a good chance of a medal, but I can't leave us without discussing Niamh uh, as I call her, Neve McDiscus, Neve McCarthy, um, a great friend and colleague and uh, equal of Orla's. So Orla's probably the best one to give you a preview on um, Neve, and she's in on Wednesday.
0: Have you been chatting to yeah. Neve at all, Orla?
2: Yeah, I actually met Neve um before she, she flew out and do you know she's in great form, she's had some good throws um, during the year, she had a great throw at the Europeans but also um, in Dublin as well she had a very good competition and she's going in third I think on the ranking list, now again her event is moving on as well and on the night you just don't know what can happen but Neve is a true competitor and she will bring it out on the night, like when she needs to bring it out she will you know, so I have high hopes for her and also um, our other thrower, Mary Fitzgerald from Cape yeah. it's her first Paralympic. Olympics. And I think Mary is definitely one of the athletes that benefited from the extra year of training. Um, Mary threw over eight meters in competition again the week before they flew out. And she had been doing it in training, um, but she just needed to prove it to herself that she could do it in competition, and she did. So I think she's going out with great confidence. And again, um that event is a very hot event that the, top-seeded girl is quite ahead but after that two three four five six on the ranking list they're all very close together so that would be an interesting one to watch as well
0: john it seems like a very much a more competitive paralympic games than previously uh was the case
3: yeah yeah it is and as maybe the the standards have got maybe the five-year bounce as clina referred to and look it is that's what we expect that this the sport is growing all the time um, and I, I'm anticipating in Paris in three years' time it's going to be even more competitive again, and that's what we want. We saw that in the Olympic Games. Remember that fabulous race in the in the women's hurdle. So you you see it all the time. It's growing everywhere, and Paris sport is growing in, to that degree as well. Yeah.
0: What's your hope then for Paris in 2024? Um, we're not we're not out, we're not finished this one yet. We have got a week to go, but in the next three years, what's your hope for the movement and for everything involved, John?
3: Well, my hope for the movement really is that we. That we that we number one that with that we build upon what we have here and that and that we we, we look at that that piece i was talking about earlier on uh, that that you know that the next generation coming through that what are those pathways and how do we invest in 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 those guys who are on the cusp of the paralympic performance are moving from a, a a finalist up to a podium performance and really it's that you know it's only three years it's not that long and um, so for me most certainly that that model is that we look at it, but also that, you know, that we, as I say, we build on this and we, and, and we look to, to maintain what, what we achieve here in Tokyo. Um, and, and if, if we can do that, I think over the next three years, that, that, that's really good. Cause the next generation we've, we've been through a purple patch, um, of Paralympic performance over the last three cycles. And some of those athletes are, are getting older. They might not be there in Paris. So who's coming through who's next. And, and that, that for me, has to be the key focus.
0: Are you involved in talks at all, John, or, or speaking to? No, president? I'm. I'm. I'm
3: You're out done? of there. I, <laughs> I finished my term as president in April, and I and I I, I didn't go again, so I'm out of that. And so a very capable president in there, Emer Branock, with a very capable board and a capable team. So what? How that lo- what that looks like, and how that progresses? They'll they'll take that mantle and they'll they'll carry it on. And you know, it's it's in good hands. It's in it's in very good hands.
0: Or you're involved in education are you involved in talks to the the nine-year-olds uh orla barry's of the of the future as it were or when you picked up the discus
2: yeah um well look it's, it's great to be able to give back to the sport because i got so much out of it when i was young and um uh, at the grassroots level, like you very much rely on volunteers. So I'm volunteering now myself with the the younger kids and, you know, just, just trying to get them off the ground um, and get them started and do a little bit of technique training with them. And and hopefully in a number of years, like we will have a seat to back on that
1: Paralympic team again.
0: Clina, what's your um, assessment of the Paralympic uh, Irish landscape I, at the I moment think- being over there?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's really interesting, Jan, that we're talking, if you like, we are talking about at least sport today, um, and that's good. But I think also the whole area of accessibility um, in sport, you know, that's what Paralympic sport? I think really brings to us and makes us think about and 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 throws at us like how is it how is it resourced? How are we how are we helping people like Orla to bring more people into the sport, younger, to give them those opportunities? And there's something I saw out here that was I thought was really lovely. They, there's a there's a guy out here who had who runs a limb library, right? And basically um, he he has a library of um, blades um for people with amputations and you you get to go in and you get to try them you may be somebody who has never been able to run before because you didn't have that opportunity to wear a blade and then if if you find something that suits you um then they will help you to resource one and i think that's a really interesting idea particularly for children and i saw a beautiful tv program a few nights ago um with him and just talking about that whole philanthropic area so i think that while there is this whole element of elite sport and i think The great thing now is that Paralympians are seen as elite athletes. I think we also that they can use their voice to talk about more accessibility for others uh, to come into their sports, but particularly I think at the grassroots level and how to grow it and how to give kids the opportunity when they're young, um, if they have an impairment of some kind, to get the joy from sports that everybody should have and then to see can they be really good at a sport and do they want to take it further.
0: Who are you um, going to see tomorrow, Kleena, in, in Japan?
1: Um, I am starting early in the morning with our archer Kerry Leonard, um, and she's actually the first Irish arch- archer that we've had in 13 years at an Olympics or Paralympics. So she came through her um, the seeding round tomorrow, uh, yesterday, and she's got uh, a, she's got a, a straight one-on-one match. And um, and like a lot of Irish people in sport, I think she loves the match play element. Of it was like being a golfer, and um, she seems to really like the match play element. So she she comes into that seated 18 against uh, at, um, uh an Indian woman who's seated 15, and the arena for the one-on-one is amazing. So I'm really looking forward to that tomorrow because basically they're like, there's just two of them placed inside in this stadium and it's very gladiatorial and they shoot down and all the attention will be on them. So it looks like it could be a great event.
0: Okay, Cleena Foleys, thanks so much for joining us from Tokyo. Um, and John Fulham and Orla, Orla, Far- Orla Barry, you've been great to give us your time on the Saturday panel uh, with thanks to Toyota. Um, keep um, up the great work and we'll chat soon.
3: Thanks, Thanks, John. Thanks so much, John. Great to talk to you all. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball.